It is that time again. It is the Chief Zone. I am your host, Farzeen Vasugian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone. As many of you are listening through iTunes, be sure you guys do click the subscribe button as every time you log into iTunes, a new episode of the Chief Zone podcast will be downloaded automatically anytime a new episode is available. And you guys can interact with me on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, look me up, Farzeen Vasugian, and also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. So give my Facebook page a like and follow me on Twitter and interact with me throughout the week, during the games, before, after the games, anytime, any place. I love it. Love the interaction with you guys. Keep it up. Uh, another great week, fun week, talking Chiefs football with you guys. Just a heads up for next week, since next week is Thanksgiving week, our preview episode and recap episode will be on the same episode. So we'll recap the Chiefs and Chargers game next weekend hopefully recapping a fourth straight victory for the Kansas City Chiefs and then right after that in the same uh, podcast the same episode we will preview the Chiefs and Bills at Arrowhead Stadium as that is a very crucial game probably the biggest game on the Chiefs schedule in the second half of the season uh, could really uh, make or break Kansas City's second half uh, postseason attempt at making a playoff push as really the Bills, the only team on Kansas City's schedule, like the, the remaining part of Kansas City's schedule in the second half, that's trying to compete for a wild card spot. So that is a, or well, I should mention the, the Raiders twice, who the Chiefs have to play, so I did forget about that. But uh, the, the non-divisional game for the Chiefs, the, the biggest one is Buffalo. And the Chiefs, since 2007, the Chiefs have played Buffalo every single year. They either end up playing each other because of the divisional rotation where you end up playing the AFC East uh, every couple of years or so, or uh, the Chiefs and the Bills end up finishing in the same spot in their respective divisions, and that leads to playing uh, those teams uh, the following season. So the Chiefs and the Bills almost feels like a divisional rivalry because we're so familiar and we, we end up playing the Bills every single season. So this is a team that... Chiefs fans have just gotten so used to seeing so much, and it's gotten to the point where we are familiar with the Bills to an extent, uh, a team that we do face every year uh, other than the teams within the division. Obviously only playing them once per year, but still, to to be able to have that every single year, you don't get that often in the National Football League, being able to see teams that uh, you play uh, every single season uh, outside of your division. Not a lot going on on this podcast of the Chiefs. The only thing we're going to do is break down the Chiefs and Chargers matchup as a lot's going on right now in the AFC. As I mentioned, going into Week 9, 13 teams were within three games of one another. So you know how crazy the wildcard race is. Now, some teams are falling off. There are a lot of two, two-win football teams, the, the Chargers, the Browns, the Ravens. and Those teams are starting to be more and more out of contention Whereas the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Jets, so many teams vying for one of those wildcard spots uh, right now uh, behind uh, against the Steelers and the Bills. And, and gosh, what happened on Monday Night Football with Houston? And look, Houston's not going to get into the playoffs by uh, winning one of the two wildcard spots. They can compete for the AFC South, a very weak AFC South in which it's more likely than not, uh, unless the Texans go on a huge surge in the second half, uh, 
the winner of that division is probably going to finish under 500 and they're going to get a home game. And and that's just the way the rules are, whether we like them or not. Uh, that That's huge for Houston. Houston kind of has two ways that they can get into the playoffs, but it's more likely that they do it as division winners. So even though Houston and Indianapolis, they are both four-win football teams like Kansas City right now, they're not necessarily Kansas City's competition as those two teams are, are looking to get a division while the Chiefs are looking to get a wild card spot. Unless Denver just completely falls apart if that Colts game a couple of weeks ago and then this past week against Kansas City, if that was the start of something crazy in which the Broncos were just about to fall apart, maybe the division's wide open. I I, I was listening to Sirius XM Radio earlier this week and the, the guys on there actually entertained the idea of the Raiders and the Chiefs possibly challenging Denver for that division. So it just shows you, I mean, look, a month ago, a lot of Chiefs fans were calling for Andy Reid's job. Now the Chiefs are in playoff contention. I I mean, they are one game behind in the wildcard standings. And depending how things go this week with the Buffalo Bills facing the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, New England's undefeated, but at the same time, we have seen the unbeatens fall down lately. But more and more likely than not, the Patriots do win that football game. If the Chiefs do come away with a win this weekend, which we'll touch on in just a moment, Kansas City owns one of the wild card spots. And if they come away with another win against Buffalo, making it five straight wins and going above 500 for the first time since week one, Kansas City is going to be in great position going into the month of December. So this is, the next two games, very crucial for the Chiefs because it's almost a 99% chance that New England wins against Buffalo. The Chiefs have got to go out and take advantage of San Diego's weakness. And just prepping for this podcast, looking at San Diego, and I'll mention these in just a moment, some of the things that's going on with San Diego really scares me to, to be a Chargers fan. There are some great things, and then there are some really bad things with the Chargers, and the bad things have overshadowed the great things for San Diego, and that's why the Chargers have only two wins this season. So the Chiefs have to take advantage of this. A great opportunity to make a statement this week. You made one last week against Denver, and I said going into that game in the preview podcast for the Broncos game, I said that is going to be a statement game for the Chiefs, in which they came out strong and on top of the Broncos. Now this week, you've got a weak Chargers team that, look, your favorite to win this game. Uh, last I checked, the Vegas odds have the Chiefs winning by three. And New England, uh, I mean, they should be the favorites every single game. So going up against the Bills, why would you pick against the Patriots? So let's assume the Chiefs for just one moment. Let's assume the Chiefs do win against the Chargers and the Bills fall to the Patriots next week could be the deciding factor as to who wins one of the two wildcard spots between the Bills and Chiefs. Now, it's it's possible both of them could do it, but when you consider head-to-head matchups and then the rest of the schedule, I, I think next week's matchup between the Chiefs and Bills, the winner of that game, that could determine who gets one of the two wildcard spots, or at least who has a better chance, because we've got to remember the rest of the AFC too. A lot of competitive teams. I think the Chiefs and the Bills just happen to be two of the better 
competitive competitive teams compared to the rest of the wild card contending teams. I, I think the Steelers can kind of build a gap. Sure, the the Bengals lost, but I think they're going to keep that five seed and just build a gap between the five and six seed. Uh, because Ben Roethlisberger seems to be okay. A lot of us thought that he was going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Landry Jones gets hurt. Next thing you know, Roethlisberger's back, and the Steelers are rocking and rolling. So big win for the Steelers, uh, not just on the field, but also more from a morale standpoint because they have Ben Roethlisberger back. And you thought about the loss with Le'Veon Bell, and that doesn't seem to matter too much, at least for now, because Roethlisberger is able to come back it was way sooner than we all could have imagined. And he's helping out the Steelers in every way possible. So I think the Steelers are going to run away with at least the five seed. And look, you never know in the NFL. Maybe Cincinnati falls apart, but I, I doubt that happens. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL uh, when it comes to just being a well-rounded and balanced football team offensively and defensively. Uh, so I, I think the Steelers do have the five seed. Uh, I, I think it's it's theirs to lose right now. So the sixth seed is really the, the most wide open spot. And I think that's the spot as Chiefs fans, we have to kind of keep an eye on. That's the spot the Chiefs, that Chiefs, the Chiefs are probably most likely, realistically, going to get. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the Chiefs and Chargers game at San Diego. Originally was supposed to be a Sunday night football game, but this got flexed out, and understandably so. You've got two teams below 500, and when these two teams are underperforming the way they have this season, though the Chiefs have uh, gone into the right direction lately, uh, it, it gives the NFL a reason to want to put another football game, in, and understandably so, as they put the Bengals and the Cardinals. In my opinion, I think that's a Super Bowl preview, but well, that's a topic for another time. As far as the Chargers go right now, last place in the AFC West. They are tied last in the NFL for fewest wins with two, uh, with five other football teams right now. So the Chargers just in complete turmoil, riding a five-game losing streak. And let's start with the offense. Uh, you know, the, the offense is great. We all know about Phillip Rivers. I'll come back to him uh, because I prefer to highlight some of the other players that you may not be as familiar with. And as to why this passing game is so electric, and maybe figure out why uh, a team that has such an electric passing game is doing so poorly this season as a unit. Fifth in total offense, second best passing team in the NFL, the third worst rushing team, just in terms of productivity on the ground, but they barely run the ball. So it's not like the Chargers are necessarily terrible running the football, they just prefer to pass it more, and, and look, you have Phillip Rivers on your team, so why not? Uh, that's the right thing to do, so that's a good call by Mike McCoy, who's a very good offensive mind, and that's what led him to being a head coach in the NFL. Uh, one other note, uh, the Chargers have the fourth best percentage on third down conversions at 45%, whereas the Chiefs have the fourth best defensive percentage on third down uh, conversions allowed, allowing teams to convert only 32% of the time. So you've got the fourth best offensive team on third down and the fourth best defensive team on third down. In terms of uh, uh, percentages uh, on conversions uh, converted and allowed, for the Chiefs, uh, that that's a test right there. Uh, th- this defense is definitely going to be challenged. And you look at some of the pass catchers on this team. I'll, I'll start with Keenan Allen, their leading receiver, 725 yards and four touchdowns. On the season, co-leads the team in total touchdowns uh, caught. Uh, Danny Woodhead, the backup running back, very active running back that lines up 
a lot as a receiver. Also catches a lot of passes coming out of the backfield. He has uh, 521 receiving yards. That's the most receiving yards by a running back this season. He has a 4.0 yard per carry average while serving behind rookie Melvin Gordon in the rushing department. Speaking of Melvin Gordon, he's got, he has he's got 413 rushing yards, uh, but has yet to log his first career touchdown in the National Football League. But going back to Woodhead for a moment in the duo with Gordon, Woodhead is, is kind of like the new Darren Sproles in San Diego. I think that's the best way to put it for from a San Diego perspective. It does a lot coming out of the backfield, also lines up as a receiver, as I mentioned just a second ago. So this is a guy who the Chiefs definitely want to keep their eye on. Uh, maybe have a guy like Philip Gaines, uh, keep a close eye on him. Have a quarterback with a lot of speed that can keep up with Woodhead and not let him get away with a big catch in the open field. And uh, on top of that, uh, just tack on so many yards after the catch. Uh that's that's huge uh, for, for San Diego. That's how they move their offense so much when they do those short passes, try to look for Woodhead, and they let him do the rest of the work. And, and we all know how good Phillip Rivers is reading a defense and finding open guys. So he's definitely capable of doing that uh, if this, against the Chiefs' defense, a good defense that's really come alive the past few weeks, especially in the last three games, uh, being able to win uh, and form a three-game winning streak for the Chiefs. Malcolm Floyd, another key contributor for the receiving game. He's got 409 receiving yards, just off 21 catches. He has the highest receiving average on the team with a 19.5. Uh, he's also spent his entire 12-year career with the Chargers, so he's a longtime San Diego Charger. Uh, been with the team since he got drafted. Uh, he looks to return this week for the Chargers, but Chargers a little, little uncertain with their tight ends. Ladarius Green, who's been playing a lot due to Antonio Gates' injury to start off the, the year. Uh, Green leads, the or Coley's, I should say, the team in touchdowns with four. I, I mentioned Keenan Allen also has four touchdowns. Antonio Gates didn't play until week five against the Steelers. His first game quickly got off to a hot start, getting two touchdowns. In fact, in his first two games, going back-to-back, nine receptions and 90-plus yard receiving games. So, Antonio Gates, as soon as he got back, you could tell he wanted to go uh, right off the gates, just hot and running uh, with those uh, nine receptions and 90-plus yard receiving games back-to-back. So that's huge for Antonio Gates. However, he has not scored since then, but has been very active uh, just as a pass catcher for Phillip Rivers. Now, this is where San Diego needs help. And this could be a liability for the Chargers facing the Chiefs. Right tackle Joe Barksdale might be their best lineman, but he's not even that great. If he was available right now, not a lot of teams would be going crazy over Barksdale being available. He's allowed four sacks in 16 hurries this season. And again, we're, we're just past the halfway point into the season. So you consider maybe how many sacks he could give up, probably seven to eight. Maybe he ends up reaching that seven or eight sack total allowed mark after facing the Chiefs. But uh, interior linemen, Orlando Franklin and DJ Fluker, uh, they're the guards, plus the center, Trevor Robinson. That's a really bad interior line group right there. Uh, not a strong unit 
this is a huge chance, and it's a shame that this game got flexed out of Sunday Night Football because I think a guy like Alan Bailey, who's been so great for the Chiefs, I was reading the Kansas City Star a couple of weeks ago, and Therese Paylor, the, the Chiefs beat writer, uh, named Alan Bailey the MVP of the season at that point, and I think he had, he was right about that. And it's a shame because I think a guy like Alan Bailey is still trying to get his name out there. He's not necessarily, uh, you know, Jamal Charles or... Tom Bahali, Justin Houston, I mean, his his name doesn't hold a lot of weight in the league from a fan's perspective. Surely the players all know one another really well, and they know who's good and who's even better. But a guy like Alan Bailey, definitely, he definitely could have shined in front of a national audience, and that would have been really cool to see for Alan Bailey. But nonetheless, whether it's a national audience or if it's just on CBS... Alan Bailey is going to do a lot in this football game. Uh, and the thing about Alan Bailey and Jay Howard, both very versatile guys. Uh, they've been great th- this season, especially with Dontari Poe kind of gradually coming back to his role after going uh, undergoing uh, surgery on his back. But Alan Bailey and Jay Howard, I th- the thing that I really... Well, well, I'll get to that in a second. The quick note on Phillip Rivers, he has the second most passing yards at 3,033 yards only one of two to surpass the 3,000-yard mark as Tom Brady, the only other guy to do so, and is ahead of Rivers for that statistic. The thing about Rivers, he's a really great quarterback, and he makes everyone around him better. And he has the skill players that just have great talent, and he maximizes their talents, which very few quarterbacks do. Uh, just very rare in the game of football. A rarity, for sure. The bad news is, for San Diego, is they're such a one-dimensional football team. This offensive line is easily one of the worst. And going back to what I was about to say about Alan Bailey and Jay Howard, they're so good because they've been so versatile, and you never know exactly if they'll attack the inside or try to go and fight off one of the tackles. And you also have to consider Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, as always, they'll be coming from the outside. You know Mike DeVito, he's going to make some plays uh, as, an, as, as a lineman. Dontari Poe, I know he hasn't been uh, the Dontari Poe, the pro bowler that we, we love and know so much, but you never know. He might just take advantage uh, of this week, the offensive line, and really just come out and, and, and dominate in this game. So uh, this is really, if I could use one word, for Philip Rivers, in terms of what he's dealing with, it's treacherous. It, it really is. Uh, because you don't have a viable offensive line this season. And the Philip Rivers, I, he's he's been with the Chargers for such a long time. And he's very familiar with some of these Chiefs players. He, he knows Justin Houston, Tom Mahali very well. He knows what those two are capable of. But guys like Jay Howard and Alan Bailey, they haven't been around for a very long time. And, and like I said a moment ago, not many people know these guys. Would have been nice to see them do it on uh, on a national stage. But nonetheless, uh, I, I think Phillip Rivers is going to get very familiar with Jay Howard and Alan Bailey. Uh, he's been sacked 21 times this season. Uh, that's tied for 11th most, tied with Brady in that category. So if you want to look at we 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 know what Houston and Holly are going to do. They're definitely going to attack the outside like they always do as outside linebackers. But Allen Bailey and Jay Howard, I think those two guys are going to be the difference makers in this football game. And I would say expect them to attack the inside a lot more because San Diego's guards and their center are very weak, as I pointed out a couple moments ago. 
it's just it just doesn't bode well if you are the Chargers. Defensively, this is also another reason why the Chargers have won just a pair of football games. 23rd in total defense, 17th against the pass. So I, I think they can definitely create some challenges for Alex Smith. But they're 26th in trying to stop the run. You guys remember what I said last episode? I gave my MVP so far this season to Sharkandrick West. Sharkandrick West has had 100 plus yards from scrimmage in each of the last three games. And every time Sharkandrick West do, does that, the Chiefs are undefeated. They're 3-0 and in doing so. So I'm predicting another big game for Sharkandrick West. It, really, he's been the hero for the Kansas City Chiefs lately. Uh, and of course, he had that nice 80-yard catch-and-run touchdown play for the Chiefs that left, lifted the team to a 29-0 lead. And at that point, they never looked back, and it was too late for the Broncos to rally with Brock Osweiler. So Sharkandrick West, uh, a guy who I think so many fans are just falling in love with him right now, He's really been uh, so fun to watch, and I think he's going to do a lot of damage on this Chargers defense. Uh, a Chargers defense that's allowed the sixth most points in the league, 27.7 points per game, comparing to Kansas City's 21.1, which is 14th in the NFL. The defensive line with Corey Legay, Ricardo Matthews, Kendall Reyes, uh, also uh, Sean Lismore up front, it's an average defensive line at best. It really is. Uh, the defensive line, it's really nothing to be afraid of. Now, I know uh, from a media and from a fan's perspective, a lot of people will say that, but but the players will never really admit to that. I, I have to say, though, it's just being around college football and NFL players, and more so college football players than pros, uh, they're not going to publicly admit it, but deep down inside, I, I think they just have this mindset, that, hey, look, they, they, have, they haven't been good this year. They've been really bad, and we can definitely take advantage of this. So I'm sure the Chiefs have the mindset that this offensive line can definitely step up and take advantage of just how bad that th- this defensive line really is. Uh, the linebacker is a bit of a different story. Jerry Itachu and Melvin Ingram, both solid pass rushers, both outside linebackers, both co-lead the team in sacks with four this season. So if there's any challenge that Ja Reed, uh, Donald Stevenson, Eric Fisher, depending who the uh, offensive tackles are for the Chiefs in this game, uh, lately it's been uh, Ja Reed and Eric Fisher. Uh, those two guys, uh, they're going to be faced with this challenge uh, going up against Atachu and Ingram, uh, trying to protect Alex Smith in this football game. Other linebackers to account for, Caval Connor and Manti Teo, haven't really been great this season for the Chargers. Donald Butler also very active as an inside linebacker for the Chargers, but not a whole lot really for for San Diego's front seven. It's really just Atachu and Ingram that I'm really concerned about. Uh, I think those are guys, if they were available right now, uh, those are guys which general managers would be calling their agents, definitely trying to get a contract uh, for those guys to sign. Uh, Secondary, for San Diego, Patrick Robinson, I think he's a very underrated cover corner. I think he can definitely create some some mismatches against going up against Jeremy Macklin, or if he has to face Albert Wilson, Jason Avon, I think he's able to really go up against any of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Brandon Flowers, however, former Kansas City Chief, we're all familiar with him. He was drafted in the second round in 2008 out of Virginia Tech. Uh, eventually got his first Pro Bowl in his final season with the Chiefs. That was in 2013. But ever since he was let go, Flowers has been a major bust. Uh, 
And look, the Chiefs made the right move letting him go at the time. I think a lot of fans were kind of upset about the move, but since then it's, it's been good for the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have really been great so far. And uh, you, with cornerbacks, Sean Smith, I, I mean, he's a very, very underrated corner. I was surprised he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. Looking at Marcus Peters this year, a guy who I definitely think is going to make the Pro Bowl, and he's on pace to earn Defensive Rookie of the Year honors. Uh, Brandon Flowers at this point has been a long-distant memory, and I think the Chiefs are very happy with what they have right now in Sean Smith and Marcus Peters. Eric Weddle, uh, safety for the Chargers, uh, I, I think one of their best, maybe their best defensive player. He leads the Chargers in tackles. Uh, also worth noting, he's been with the team for almost 10 years now. So Eric Weddle, uh, a longtime player, as is Floyd, who I mentioned on the offensive side. But as far as San Diego's defense goes, look, Alex Smith and the Chiefs offense did a very good job moving the football through the air early on to start the season. The problem was... The offense committed so many turnovers in the red zone or just had to settle for a field goal. We saw the turnovers a lot in the games uh, against the Broncos and also against the Packers and then against the Bengals. The Chiefs offense moved the ball very well. It's just they got seven scores, all of them being field goals. Not None of them went for touchdowns. You know, if, if five or six of those scores were touchdowns instead of having Cairo Santos split the uprights, the, Char- the Chiefs maybe could have beaten the Texans to the point where they could have handed the Bengals their first loss of the season. But it is what it is. And the Chiefs have definitely improved in being able to finish in drives. Andy Reid's mentioned this so much the past year and a half. Finishing, not just in games, but just in drives as well. Finding ways to finish. And being able to finish strong is going to bode well uh, for, for a football team. So the Chiefs... They definitely have to get that going. Like I said, I'm I'm very confident that Sharkandrick West, with what he's done lately, I think he can carry that over against a very weak run-stopping defense in San Diego. But as far as the passing game goes, I think if you're Alex Smith, you just gotta play to your strengths. Uh, get the ball more out to Travis Kelsey, who's who who has been kind of up and down this year, and I don't blame Kelsey for that. I think Alex Smith has got to get the ball to him more. You know what you have in Jeremy Macklin, and then you've got a good supporting cast with Albert Wilson and rookie Chris Conley. De'Anthony Thomas, who I'm going to get into in just a moment, I think De'Anthony Thomas, uh, who had four catches last week, he that the most by a wide receiver for the Chiefs last week, uh, get him more involved. Uh, use the speed. Kansas City has so much speed on offense. Guys like Wilson, Macklin, Kelsey, compared to most tight ends in the league at least. Uh, and also DeAnthony Thomas. So much speed right there on that offense. You definitely want to use that to your advantage and try to use that to beat San Diego and outrun their their secondary, the, the cornerbacks and their safeties. Now, I said I would uh, touch on DeAnthony Thomas one more time, and, and let's go to special teams real quickly. Mike Skyfers, the punter for the Chargers, might be one of the worst punters in the NFL this season. In fact, Pro Football Focus ranks him last uh, among all punters. He's allowed the fourth most punt return yards, and punter, uh, punt returners have only called for a fair catch three times while fielding a punt from Skyfers. 70% of his punts have been returned for this season. Uh, so I would say expect a, a, a touchdown return from Dat. It would be his first touchdown on special teams this season. If he doesn't get one, you can at least still expect a great game from DeAnthony Thomas. Uh, he can help the Chiefs 
have good field position and field position is big in the National Football League. When you get a turnover or if you got a good punt return, that's huge and that's really going to benefit the offense when they go out in in good field position. Uh, really just reduces their workload and the amount of work that they have to do when they go out and, and take the field. Jacoby Jones, not a, a threat. I, I, he had some moments. He shined when he was with the Houston Texans, but right now as a return man, nothing to be afraid of. Josh Lambeau, I will say one of the, you can make a case that he is a top 10 kicker in the National Football League, as is Cairo Santos. Doesn't miss from long range. He's 17 of 19 this season. So I think if the San Diego Chargers get him out there, if they're not able to finish drives with touchdowns, they're definitely going to go out and send Lambeau. Sure, I mean, you, you probably you probably want to send Phillip Rivers on fourth down. He is a reliable guy on fourth down. But I think more importantly than not, you want to take the points, especially against a Chiefs team that is hungry for a, a, a wild card spot. They're fighting for one right now. And the Chargers are going to try to do everything they can to prevent the Chiefs from getting close to that. So if they need to take the points, I think they've got to do that in this game. And I think Mike McCoy, being the offensive-minded coach he is, I think he'll be tempted to want to go for it on fourth down. But look, you've got to take the points against this Chiefs team, a Chiefs team that hasn't necessarily produced much in terms of scoring. So I think that's another thing to consider and another factor that Mike McCoy needs to consider uh, when it comes to fourth downs and being in scoring range. Here's the thing with San Diego. San Diego's only two wins have come against the Lions and the Browns. They beat the Lions in Week 1 and the Browns in Week 4. Right now, the Chargers ride a five-game losing streak. And the Chargers have failed against some bad teams like the Ravens and the Bears. Granted, the Chiefs also lost to the Bears. But that was a few weeks ago, and the Chiefs have stepped up quite a bit since that loss. Now, the Chargers' worst loss of the season has come against Minnesota. A 31-14 loss, a 17-point loss for the Chargers. But all of their games, win or lose, all of the other games for San Diego have finished with the Chargers winning or losing by one possession. So all of their games come down to the wire. And I think that's what makes Chiefs fans nervous the most. And I think another thing that makes Chiefs fans nervous, uh, this is worth noting, last season the Chiefs had their biggest win of the season against the Seattle Seahawks. At the time they were reigning Super Bowl champions. Just about five days later, on Thursday Night Football, the Chiefs visit the Oakland Raiders in which the entire universe was confident that the Chiefs were going to take that football game in a blowout fashion. Next thing you know, the winless Raiders earned their first victory against the Chiefs. And I think a lot of people are wondering, is this a trap game in which the Chiefs just came off their biggest win of the season against the Broncos and then they might fall to one of the worst football teams in the Chargers? I think that's something that a lot of Chiefs fans just happen to be a little nervous about going into this game. And maybe that's why some Chiefs fans are hesitant in picking their team to win this football game. But I'll tell you what, I think the reason that I'm so confident in this Chiefs team, first of all, they went in last year and they beat San Diego in a close game down to the wire 23-20 to when Cairo Santos met a game winner from 48 yards away with 21 ticks left to go in that football game. So that helped the Chiefs. Uh, come away with it with a big one. I, I I know the Chiefs haven't had many of these wins, but being able to win down uh, when it's coming down to the wire, 
the Chiefs did it last year on the road against a, a good Chargers football team at the time that was fighting for a wild card spot, just like the Chiefs in Week 17 of last season. So uh, the Chiefs have been able to compete with the Chargers quite a bit lately. In fact, uh, the Chiefs did sweep the Chargers last season. First time they've done that in recent history. So the, the, the thing about the Chargers is they've been involved in so many close games. They will play football for 60 minutes. Something the Chiefs haven't necessarily been able to say. Uh, they, they, they were able to do that last week against the Denver Broncos going out there and scoring 29 points. Uh, just a strong outing offensively and defensively. I think offensively, I will say, they could have done a lot more, especially with those five takeaways. Uh, the Chiefs scored an average of just four points off turnovers uh, per turnover, I should say. And that's something that you definitely want more of. You you definitely want to uh, jump that number up to six or seven. You want to get some touchdowns off those takeaways. That is wh- that is really the difference maker for, for teams that win and lose. You, you get takeaways, but you've also got to take advantage of that and, and score. And uh, the Chiefs definitely did that quite a bit. They scored four times off those five turnovers, but... Not all of them were touchdowns. The first one was a touchdown. The first takeaway uh, resulted in a touchdown. And then the last one resulted in a touchdown. So you got two touchdowns off those five takeaways. But if three or four of those takeaways result into touchdowns, that's huge. And that just, I mean, it'll diminish confidence for an opposing team. And you're going to light up the scoreboard. Next thing you know, it's a blowout game. And you're going to feel pretty relaxed late in the game. You know the other team is not going to have any chance of a comeback. So the Chiefs definitely want to try to pat on and build a gap on the scoreboard if they have opportunities. Look, the Chargers are not a very good team when it comes to taking care of the football. Turnover margin for San Diego, negative 5. That's tied for 26, whereas the Chiefs have a positive 8 turnover margin. That's tied for the second best in the NFL. The Chiefs have only given away the ball 8 times. That's the third best, whereas the Chargers have committed 14 turnovers. That's tied for 16, so they're right at average in the National Football League, but the Chiefs a little bit better than that. And then you look at takeaways. The Chiefs have 16 takeaways this season. That's tied for 8th. And the Chargers have only taken away the football 19 times this season. They have just five interceptions on the season. Uh, Again, nine takeaways, tied for 28th. Kansas City has every right to win the turnover battle in this game. If you want to put your money that the Chiefs are going to dominate and get some takeaways and not commit so many turnovers, I think you'll win your money there. It's just you've got to make sure that this Chiefs football team, in order to come away with the victory in this game and improve to 5-5, you've got to score off takeaways. If the Chiefs do that, in which... Against a very weak Chargers defense, I think this is where the Chiefs really just amp it up, uh, start rolling, and just hit the pedal here. Put your foot down and just run away with this. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to do that. I think they're going to come away with at least three or four turnovers on defense, and then the offense definitely going to take advantage and score on this weak Chargers defense. I've got the Chiefs winning in this game. You, you, You just look at... The weaknesses. The offensive line. They don't run the ball much. They're a one-dimensional football team. The defensive line is not that strong. The inside linebackers are not that tough. Secondary, you've got a couple guys there. But again, just as a unit, this defense has not been good. There are only two good players on this defense. And you've got your passing game. That's all you have to rely on if you're the Chargers. Whereas the Chiefs, I think there are so many places where the Chiefs 
are able to excel, and if they take advantage of San Diego's weaknesses, they can improve on some of the things that they have not been so good at lately, or this season as a whole, I should say. So I've got the Chiefs winning this football game, winning four straight and improving to five and five, setting up a huge matchup for the following week against the Buffalo Bills. As far as the score prediction, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a one possession game, just like all all of San Diego's games, with the exception of one, as I mentioned, against the the Vikings, pardon me. Uh, I've got the Chiefs winning in this one. I'm going to say 24 to 17. I think the Chiefs pull away with at least a touchdown in this game. If the turnovers just get too excessive and if the Chiefs really just dominate and if Sharkandrick West really just starts to come together and just fights off the, the, this weak defense, I think the Chiefs could make it a two-possession game and possibly make it the worst loss of the season for San Diego. I, I think San Diego's competitive spirit, especially being a, uh, a divisional game, I think they're going to keep it close. So I, I've got to go with a 24-17 score with the Chiefs coming out on top in this game. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to me, making me part of your morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time of day it may be for you while you are listening to this podcast. Be sure you hit subscribe on iTunes and uh, just wait and uh, get a new edition of the podcast anytime it comes out when you are on iTunes. Be sure you like my Facebook page, look me up, Farzine Vesugian, and also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Give me a follow there. Interact with me. I love all the interaction with you guys on social media, whether it's throughout the week, before or after games, and even during games. Uh, Love the interaction. I think that's what makes this podcast and also the interaction on social media just so much fun, just being able to actively uh, talk to you guys uh, throughout the week and during the games. Uh, So be sure you guys do look me up on social media and talk to me on there, whether it's Chiefs, whether it's the NFL or non-sports, I'm all for it. So be sure you guys do find me on social media. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Chiefs on Podcast. I am Farzine Vasugi, and we'll be back next week for our recap and preview in the same episode as it is Thanksgiving next week. Enjoy your weekend. Let's hope for a fourth straight victory for the Chiefs.